Welcome to the Hope City Church Podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Okay, uh, so today I want to talk to you about something called rest by design. Look at your neighbor. Say rest by design. We are, if you have been coming to Hope City Church for any amount of time, we're in the middle of our connect groups, which is what we call our small groups or our home groups. And we are doing a study uh, by a guy named John Mark Comer going through a book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And this whole book is about resting in the Lord. And I wanted to take some time and talk about it today and maybe even next Sunday with you. Depends on how far we get today. And here's why. Because as a pastor, as I go through and we begin to have conversations with different people, um, there are certain things you hear all the time. And one of them is that people are so busy they don't have time to rest. I don't, I don't have time. I'm so busy. I can't rest. I can't do this. You don't know what my life is like. You don't know where I'm going. You don't know what I'm doing. And I just, I, I got to keep going. I, I can't stop. And so there is a, a portion of our church that is in the middle of doing this study, but then there's also a portion of our church that for whatever reason they can't be at the small groups, they can't be at the connect groups, and so they're missing out on what we're learning at home. And I believe that this is such an important subject that we take some time together and talk about resting in God, rest by design, so that we learn to rest in the Lord. Everybody say okay? All right. So there's a couple things I want to talk to you about here first. So rest is important. One of, the, one of the first things, like if you, if you start going to the gym and you start exercising and you get serious about it, do we have anybody here that goes to the gym? We could all look at that person and, and be like, do you though? Yeah. <laughs> do you? I mean, you say you do. Pastor Jenny goes to the gym. Nadia goes to the gym. And listen, so if you go to the gym and you're like, I want to get serious. Mike, Mike, you go to the gym, don't you? I didn't see your hand up, bro. Yay. Take us a time. <laughs> I'm resting. Is that what you said? <laughs> oh, so good. Okay, so if you decide to start going to the gym and exercising and get serious, right off the bat, there's, there's some things that you learn. Like if you, if you get a trainer, if you go with somebody who knows, there's some things they begin to tell you that you need to know before you start exercising. One of them is, is that you have to eat enough food, right? A lot of people think that I, I want to work out, but I don't want to gain weight, and so uh, I'm not going to eat food. Well, the first thing you learn is if you're serious about exercising and gaining muscle, then you have to start eating enough food so that you can feel your body to grow the muscles that you want. The next thing you learn is that water is really important. Everybody say, thank God for water. Yeah, it's your life. Water literally fuels you. It makes you able to do all the things you need to do to be alive. Without water, you would literally die. And so the first thing you leave is, or one of the first things you learn is that most people are severely dehydrated and you need to drink more water. Just, you need to drink more water. Like if you drink more water, you will sleep better, you think better, you don't eat as much because you're, a lot of times you're eating because your body thinks you're hungry, but what it really is is your body's dehydrated. So if you drank more water, you wouldn't eat. Listen, water is, it's like the Lord knew what he was doing when he designed us. Okay, so you need more water. And the third thing that you learn is that you've got to rest. And I found this one was really interesting. You have to have some rest days in your routine of working out, you also have to have enough rest at night. You have to have at least seven to eight hours of actual sleep and rest 
per night so that your body can go back to the gym and begin to exercise and work out and maintain those muscles and build new muscles. Without the proper amount of rest, without the proper amount of food, and without the proper amount of water, your body won't grow the way that you want it to. And in fact, if you go to the gym neglecting those three things, you're actually wasting your time. Yeah, let's go. (laughs) So I want to tell you that rest is important. Now, back in 2013, they started coming up with this term called hurry sickness. So we're going to talk about some practical things for a minute here, and then we're going to get into some scriptures so you can see this. But first of all, like as we are going through this study, I need to lay a foundation because here's the thing. A lot of us don't believe that we're too busy. A lot of us think... No, my life, like, it's busy, but I can handle it, and I'm okay, and I could probably add more stuff to our life, but I need to take some time this morning to set the stage so that you're able to realize, maybe I am too busy. Maybe I do need to take some pauses like Mike is from the gym. Maybe I do need to rest in my life somehow in some way, and that's going to take a few minutes for us to talking about it so that maybe your ears are open and you understand, I possibly could be too busy in my life. Okay, so they came up with this term in about the early 2010s called hurry sickness. Have you heard the term hurry sickness? Yeah, hurry sickness. Okay, I'm going to tell you what hurry sickness, the the actual term is. Now, it's not an actual physical sickness. It's a term, right? And here's what hurry sickness is. It's a behavior pattern characterized by continual rushing and anxiousness, an overwhelming and continual sense of urgency. It's also defined as a malaise in which a person feels chronically short of time and so tends to perform every task faster and to get flustered when encountering any kind of delay. Can anybody here identify with that? Come on, like six of you put your hands up. <laughs> like for real, it's, it's okay. I think we're all, can anybody really identify with like, yeah. And like, you know, I'll, look at you, you have hurry sickness. No, we're not gonna do that. It's not a trick. I just want you to say, like, actually, yes, I do see that. I do see in my life that I have a behavior pattern that I am continually rushing around and anxious. I don't feel like I can get enough done in my life, but I'm always trying to cram more into my life. For some reason, I don't know what's wrong with me. Listen, it's society. And so we're rushing around like crazy. So here, here are 10 signs that you may be too busy in your life. And I want you to listen to these. Remember, I'm setting a groundwork. I'm setting a framework. We're gonna jump into some scripture in a minute, but I wanna take a second and get us there. I want you to listen to these and answer these questions yourself. Maybe you wanna write them down. I don't know if you do. You definitely don't have to answer these out loud. You definitely don't have to put your hands up when I say these things. I mean, if you want to, you can, because we all love having somebody to look at. So if you're like, yes, that's me, jump up and down, shout, be like, I have all 10 of these things. Great, whatever you wanna do. But I'm gonna read these. I want you to listen. And I want you, as I read them, to take stock of your life. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? When I say take stock of your life, do you know what that means? I feel like the older people are like, yes, I know what take stock in my life means. Take stock means to look at your life, observe, and say, do I have this in my life? Does my life look like this? So, 10 signs you may be too busy in life. Okay. Number one, you move from one checkout line to another because it looks shorter or faster. (laughs) 
Oh, you can stand up if it applies to you. <laughs> All right. You do this. You count the cars in front of you and are either getting in that lane or out of that lane, depending on which one's going faster. You pull up at the stoplight. You're like, well, this lane has four cars. This one has one. I'm going to change lanes and go. We do this, don't we? Multitasking to the point of forgetting one of your tasks. What am I doing again? <laughs> What's happening? Accidentally putting your clothes on inside out or backwards. You don't do that? Okay. Uh, speeding, both in your car or through your conversations, the grocery store or through meals. Basically, you do everything in life as fast as you can. Anybody do that? Sydney is training to be an RCMP officer, and she just wrote down your name about who all said they were speeding. <laughs> that one was a test. Uh, you rush through work tasks and household chores to the point where you sometimes make mistakes and have to do them again. Anybody do that? Yeah. I know I do. Um, you are frequently performing time calculations in your head to see if you can fit in another task. Anybody do that? But you're standing up. <laughs> uh, you get irritable when you face delays. You are constantly trying to find ways to save time, and you are endlessly running through your to-do list in your head to make sure you haven't forgot anything. Can anybody identify with any of those things? We need a healing service. <laughs> Come down to the front. Come to the altar and we're going to pray and believe God. Here's the thing. Somewhere along the line, we've bought into the lie. We've believed the narrative that busier equals better. That for some reason, the more busy that we can tell people or that we can show people, uh, that, that somehow that has made us better. Like, look at me. Look how much I can do. Look at all the tasks I can take on. Look at the weights that I can carry on my back. Aren't I a good person? But here's the thing. You're not meant to carry all this weight for so long without resting and stopping. And in fact, your body cannot handle it. Your body can't handle it physically. Your body can't handle it emotionally. And it's definitely not to made to carry that load indefinitely spiritually. Your body, you are made to rest. You were created to rest by design. Now look at I got another 10 list for you here. Now, the, the first 10 list were signs that you may be too busy. This next list is 10 symptoms of being too busy. Like your life will look like this. If you are too busy, and now this one for real, you don't have to stand up. You just like listen to these things and ask yourself, do I see that in my own life? Because again, my purpose is to try and get us to a place that we can say, yes, this is me. Because often the lie is, busier is better. And the lie that comes along with that is, I'm not too busy. He's talking about everybody else but me. I can do all those things. I can run all those errands. I can do six jobs and do them all well because I'm a good person. And that's not necessarily true. So we're talking about this so you can identify yourself, hopefully, and begin to make changes in your lifestyle. Because we want to be followers of Jesus, right? And I don't know if you've read the Gospels or not, but the one thing you see Jesus doing a lot of is pulling away from people and resting, being in the presence of God, taking some time by himself. Don't we want to be more like Jesus? That was, that was unconvincing. <laughs> All right, 10, 10 symptoms of hurrying sickness. Number one, irritability. 
you get mad, frustrated, or just annoyed too easily. Little things irk you. People have to tiptoe around you. Your ongoing, your ongoing low-grade negativity, if not your anger. For this one, don't look at how you treat your colleagues or people that you, that you spend a little bit of time with. If you want to know if you're an irritable person, look at the people that you live with and are closest with. Look at your spouse. Look at your kids. Because they're the ones who you really act yourself around, right? We can all be nice and put on a fake smile when we go to work. But when you're at home, the facade comes down and the real you stands up. Please stand up. Please stand up. So the real you stands up at home. And so if you're irritable, consistently irritable, where little things set you off and you find, you notice that people are tiptoeing around you because they know if they say the wrong thing at the wrong time, the wrong way, it's going to cause a fight, you may have hurry sickness. This is a symptom of it. Number two, hypersensitivity is a symptom of being too busy in your life. All it takes is a minor comment to hurt your feelings or a grumpy email to set you off. Little turn of events throw you into emotional funk and ruin your day. Minor things quickly escalate to major emotional events. You don't have to put up your hand, but hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen to these and ask yourself, do I see this in my life? Number three, restlessness. When you actually do try and slow down and rest, you can't relax. You try and do Sabbath, you try and rest, and you hate it. You read the Bible, you find it boring. You have quiet time with God, but you can't focus your mind. You can't stop and listen. You're thinking about your to-do list of everything you have to do when you're done checking off the list of meeting with the Lord. You go to bed early. But toss and turn with anxiety, thinking about everything you have to do. Number four, workaholism or just nonstop activity. You don't just know when to stop, but worse than that, you can't stop. Is this hitting home for anybody? Mm-hmm. Your drug of choice is accomplishment and accumulation. These show up as careerism or just obsessive house cleaning and air running. The result of this is at the end of the day, when the day ends, you've got nothing left to give your spouse and your kids or your family, the ones closest to you, what they get from you is the worst version of yourself. This happens from being too busy in your life. Hang on, we're almost done this part and we'll look at the Bible together. Number five is emotional numbness. You just don't have the capacity to feel another's pain or your own pain for that matter because you're too numb, because you're too busy. Empathy is a rare feeling for you. You just don't have time for it with how busy you are. Number six, out of order priorities. You feel disconnected from your identity and calling. You're always getting stuck or sucked into the tyranny of the urgent, not the important. The tyranny of the urgent. Don't you love that phrase? I think we can put our hands up for this. How many of us find that in our lives, the urgent always overrides the important? Something seems to come up all the time that demands your attention right here, right now. And the thing that you were doing that was important, this thing over here is screaming at your face. It's the tyranny of the urgent. Uh, you're busier than ever, but you still feel like you don't have time for what really matters to you most. Number seven, lack of care for your body. 
You just don't have time for the basic things. You don't have time to sleep. You don't have time to eat right. You don't have time to exercise. Uh, number eight, escapist behaviors. This one, this is one that we've seen a lot over the past two years through COVID when it was so hard on everybody. A lot of people turned to ways to escape from the pain, to escape from the numbness, to create new things in their life. And so escapist behavior is when you're too tired to do what's actually life-giving for your soul, you turn to other distractions of choice, overeating, overdrinking, binge-watching TV, browsing social media, surfing the web, looking at things online that you shouldn't look at because you are so done. You just have to escape. Number nine, this is a big one, slippage of your spiritual disciplines. One of the first things that often leaves when you're too busy, when you feel like life is out of control, one of the first things to go, and this is really interesting, and this is by design from the enemy. One of the first things to go when you are too busy in life is your spiritual relationship with the Lord, your spiritual disciplines, your spiritual rhythms, reading your Bible, praying. When you say, my life is so busy, what is the first thing you ask? It's not working out. It's not time with your friends. It's not hanging out. It's not washing your car. It's not washing your clothes. It's none of those other things. The first thing to go most times is your relationship with the Lord. I don't have time to read my Bible. You don't know my life. i got to get up early and drive to work. And I don't have time. I can't get up 15 minutes earlier and read my Bible because i got to be in the car driving to Vancouver, stuck in that traffic. The first thing to leave is your relationship with the Lord. And number 10, the last thing, is isolation. You feel disconnected from God, from others, your own soul. Even when you're with your friends, Spending time with them where you could be getting life-giving, uh, the things that you need. You're in your mind thinking of all the things that you have to do, all the jobs you have to accomplish, or you're on your phone scrolling to escape what you're feeling inside of you. You were not meant or designed to run at the pace that society tells you to run at right now. Can we just agree on that? You were designed for rest. God created rhythms and patterns for you to learn to rest in, to lean into, so that your body runs and functions the way that you were created to. Listen, don't you know that when you get tired, the worst version of you shows up? Isn't that true? I, like, we can all agree that you, the, the more tired you become, the worst version of yourself is the one that is present. I remember one time, I don't know why, it's about, oh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah kindness. <laughs> when we were in youth <clears throat> six years ago, we were just in youth six years ago, like, no, in youth. Yeah, we were in youth only six years ago, right? <laughs> When we were in youth, we, I don't know who thought this was a good idea. And some of you have heard me tell this story before. I don't know who okayed this idea. But we had a 48-hour wake-a-thon. Like where you stay up for 48 hours. Super healthy. We'll never have one here. Don't worry about it. And then when that 48-hour wake-a-thon was over, we were all able to drive ourselves home after staying awake for 48 hours. I still remember this day, Jen was driving, driving us home. I still remember the conversation that me and Jen were having in the car. And it was a delirious conversation. It did not make sense. 
when you get so tired, when you're beyond your ex exertion levels, when you have not rested, the worst version of yourself is the one that becomes present. I want you to understand this, and what I'm hoping you're hearing, and maybe the Lord is speaking to you about, is that maybe in your life, you have gone beyond the limits of what you were designed for. You've gone beyond the limits of where you should be at, and you are no longer able to rest, but you are exhausted. And here's the thing. Last week, Pastor Jenny was preaching about how we are called to be a church of love. And it's interesting to me how when you are tired and exhausted, shoot, love is one of the first things to go. And if we're called to be a house of love and known for loving God and for loving others well, but we are not rested and we're not able to love others well, then we're not going to fulfill what God has called us to fulfill. We're not going to be who God has called us to be because we are too exhausted from running around like chickens with our heads cut off. Does this make sense to anybody? All right. We've got 10 minutes left-ish. And I want to show you something out of the Word of God. So go with me to Genesis chapter 2. And we're going to look at the very beginning... If you ever want to know how something was designed, what its purpose is, go to the beginning. And so here we are in Genesis chapter 2. And we're going to look in verse 1, 2, and 3. And today I'm reading from the NIV. It says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work that he had done, or he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Say, he rested. Then God blessed the, the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. That word rested is the Hebrew word shavath. And it means this. Do we have it on the screen there, Jaden? It's a verb meaning to repose, to rest, to rid of, to still, to put away, to leave. Most often the word expresses the idea of resting, uh, i.e. abstaining from labor, especially on the seventh day. It also has the meaning of celebrating worship and adoration. So when you are resting, this rest isn't just a rest of not working and not doing something. This rest is also a rest of celebration and worship and adoration. So here we see this, and it's interesting to me. We're going to look at a few things from this passage of Scripture that are important that we need to know. Uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is this. You know, people are like, you know, this is the Old Testament, and Sabbath was for the Jewish people. But as we look at this, we see right here, I want you to see something. This is when the Lord created the heavens and the earth. And he created man. Right off the bat, this is before sin. This is a pre-sin design. This is a pre-covenant design. 
What does that mean to us? It means that this at the very beginning is what God's original design was, what God's original plan was. So you can't say that resting is only for the Jewish people. You can't say that Sabbath, as in the actual word here, is only for the Jews, for God's chosen people. What you can say is God desires you to live a life of rest. Because so far, there's been no covenant. So far, there's been no sin. This is just his original plan from the very beginning. Something else I notice in this passage of scripture is as you read this, you see in chapter one at the very end that the last thing the Lord does was what does he make? What's the last thing the Lord made in the creation story? It's not, it's not a trick question. <laughs> He made, he made man. In the image of God, he created them male and female. This was on the sixth day. And then we have the seventh day, which the Lord says, I'm done working, I'm going to rest. Is it not interesting to you that the very first day that man has on the planet of the earth is a day of rest? The Lord's not like, hey man, yeah, you didn't exist before today, so get to work. You're already slacking off. The very first thing that the Lord does is makes him, and the first full day on his planet is a day of rest, a day that is holy, a day that is meant to be celebrated and worshiping the Lord and being in his presence. That is how God created man, to start from a place of rest. There's something else we notice in this passage of Scripture. You see, it says in chapter 2, very beginning, that the Lord rested. The Lord doesn't need to rest. The Lord wasn't tired. He wasn't exhausted. Oh, man, this was so much work. You don't even know what the last six days has looked like for me. You see all the, I just got to take a break. I'm sweating like crazy. Look at this. Look at, Holy Spirit, look at this. Look at the sweat dripping off my forehead. Jesus, come over here and look at what I've done. No, Isaiah tells us that the Lord doesn't grow weary or faint. We know that he doesn't need rest. So why is he resting? Because he is establishing a pattern and a rhythm for us. The very first day you were created... My design for you, my plan for you, my purpose for you is to rest in me. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you more jobs to do. He says, I will give you rest. There's one last thing I want to look at. If you flip backwards, maybe, in your Bible to one page. Genesis chapter 1. Thinking about this, what I'm going to talk about in a second, always breaks my mind. Do you ever have something that breaks your mind when you think about it and you just cannot wrap your head around it? And for, for me, it's always trying to fathom the Lord being here before everything else. Because we're finite beings, and so we think, we think in terms of 
dates and times and years and seasons. But the Lord has always been here. Before the earth was created, he was here. And so I think, I believe, we're going to look at something here in Genesis chapter 1. I think what was happening before the earth was created was that the Lord and Jesus and the Holy Spirit were resting. I think they rested, they enjoyed each other's company, and then they built the earth. They created the earth. Genesis chapter 1 says this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So we see God mentioned. We see the Holy Spirit mentioned. John chapter 1, verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. So we know that all three aspects of God we're in the very beginning. What were they doing? I believe what they were doing was resting and enjoying each other's presence and company. The Bible tells us that God is love. The Bible says one of the names for Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Romans calls the Holy Spirit the Spirit of Truth, the Spirit of Life. And so I don't know about you, but I think an environment that is an environment of love, an environment of peace, and an environment of life is a pretty joyful, wonderful place to be in. And can I tell you this? That that is the environment that the Lord wants you to enter on a consistent basis. So that you are rested to run the race that he has set before you. If you don't rest, if you aren't in his presence, if you aren't receiving from him the things that he desires for you to receive, if you're not being rested the way he has created you to be rested, you won't have the strength to run. You're not created to run flat out as long as you possibly can until you drop dead. That's not... I have run the race, I have finished the race, I've run the race you hit before me. That's not it. You are called to live a lifestyle of resting in God. It's rest by design from the very beginning. And here's the problem. I can hear your thoughts. I can't rest. I'm too busy to rest. Maybe you need to allow the Spirit of God to redefine to you the definition of rest in your life. Because we all rest in different ways, don't we? We don't all rest the same, and that's okay. But what the enemy does is brings lies to us, brings thoughts to us, brings rules and regulations to say, well, this is rest, and only this is rest. But resting is being in the presence of God. And you can do that any number of ways. And you have to figure out, here's the thing. Hallie, in your life, you have to figure out how you rest in God. Because he designed you to live from a place of rest. And you can't be all that God's called you to be. And you can't go everywhere God has called you to go. And you can't last as long. Here's the thing. You can't last as long as God has called you to last without being rested up in his presence. And so we need to figure out, we need to decide, and we need to understand what those rhythms and patterns of rest in your life with the Lord look like. 
so that you can be fully recharged and refreshed going and doing the things that he's called you to do. If we're called to be a house of love, if we're called to love people like Jesus loves people, that means for sure you're going to have to be full of love, which only comes when you are rested and refreshed so you can be at your best. Because people are exhausting. People are tiring. People pull on you. They want stuff from you. They want to bring you their problems. They want to bring you all the things they're going through. And that's okay. That's who people are. You just have to have a pattern of rest in your life so that you're able to run the race that he's placed before you. Stand up with me. Allow the Lord to reveal to you, to show you what rest in your life needs to look like. And we probably need to talk about boundaries. Not today. Maybe next week. Because boundaries and boundaries being broken are a huge time theft, are a huge thief of your rest. And it's okay for you to have boundaries in your life. It's okay for you to say, actually, this is my time with the Lord. You know, when Jesus taught the disciples to pray, what did he say? Go into your closet, and when you're alone, close the door. Referring to a place where you are by yourself in the presence of God, where people won't intrude on you, in your time of refreshing, in your time of pulling away, in your time of resting in Him. So what I'd like to do for just a moment is I'd like to pray, and I'd like you all just to close your eyes and focus on the Lord for a minute. And first of all, I want you to ask the Lord, in your own heart if you're too busy. And when you get an answer to that, I'm not going to make you say it out loud, but when you get an answer to that, I want you to put your hand up so we can go on to the next part. what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray for us. And I'm going to ask the Lord by His Holy Spirit, the Spirit of life, to begin to show us in our lives the areas of things that we've allowed in that are causing us to be busy, maybe the things that we need to remove, or to show us ways that we can rest in Him because we just keep saying, I got no time. I can't rest because my life is too busy. But you see, in the Lord, there's always a way through to the other side. He always has your best intentions at heart. He always wants to see you become the best version of yourself that you could be, the, the version that He's created you to be. He doesn't want to leave you stuck in a mess with no way out. 
So as I pray this, I want you to quiet yourself. And I want you to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit to point out things in your life where you're too busy, things you've taken on that you shouldn't have taken on. Maybe things that are good works, but they're not God works. And you need to let go of them. I want you to listen to him as he shows you how to rest in him. Because as the author of life, he has a way for you to accomplish those things. So Father, we thank you right now. God, I just thank you that your Holy Spirit is flooding this place. right now. God, I ask that you are showing each and every one of us things that maybe we've picked up that we shouldn't be carrying, things that we've allowed in our life that are causing us busyness that isn't your plan for us. God, I ask that you are showing us ways to rest in you, to be refreshed in your presence. God, you know that sometimes we get so overwhelmed and life seems so hard and we just can't find a spare moment. But Father, I know that you always have a way through. And so I'm asking right now that you are putting inside of us a way through, a way to the other side a way to rest and be refreshed in your presence. Not just once, but making a change to an ongoing lifestyle so that we can truly be the people that you've called us and designed us to be. People who are rested and refreshed by you. Jesus, we love you so much so thankful for you the work you did on the cross where by that work we now have access into the very throne room of God in your son's name we pray we all say amen thanks so much for joining us today we hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love and his life are filling you right now if you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.